If you have your Bibles today, open them up to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. That's where we're going to be uh, at today when we get to that point. But today, we're going to do something just a little bit different. If you are visiting with us today, uh, this is going to be something out of the ordinary for us. But I can, I really believe you're, you're going to like it just as much as the membership. Um, you'll see why. Uh, but today, we're all going to go on a road trip. Uh, we're going to take a look on this road trip at two different types of buildings, okay? Uh, we're going to go down basically memory lane uh, to where we were in the past. We're going to take a look at the present, and we're going to see where we're headed in our future, now, last week, I gave a message on the importance of what it means to remember well. Uh, last week, I, I, uh, I stated that the many sacrifices that have uh, been made for us as citizens here in America by allowing us to experience the types of freedoms that we have today um, is, is just... The reason why we need to remember, and also to remember that the spiritual freedom that we have being saved from the power of sin and death because of Jesus is also worth remembering. And today, as a church, I want us all to remember um, where we're at and what we're doing. Our focus for this year, if we had a theme, some are wearing uh, the shirts, the we shirts, the three areas of our church I want us to constantly keep in mind is our view of worship, and that has to do with not just singing, it's your lifestyle, it is what you're into, it's what you're, how you're serving, it's how you're living. Um, and uh, evangelism, the importance of being a living witness ready to tell others that there's there's a lot more hope out there than, than, uh, than what we can see with our eyes. And edification, the importance of always remembering to use the right words at the right time by being a blessing and not a curse uh, by the way that we use our mouth. We need to edify one another. And today, um, we're going to go back just a little bit, and I want us to remember some of the things, and not too long ago that almost everyone in here and boy there's some people i'm like gosh i wish they were here because they would like this today you're going to like this because this is this is a, a real eye-opening uh day for us i stated last week that it is important uh to go back to your memorial in your life when things change for you and remember remembering the changes that take place in us individually and in us corporately as a church helps us to remember what we're doing and why we're doing what we're doing the moment you forget your past you you will forget where you're going and you're going to forget who who you are so i want to ask you a question it's a very important question. It's in your bulletin. And I want you to think on this question all throughout this whole message. All right? This is really important. 
So let me ask you this. Which is more difficult, do you think? Building a church or building a church building? I'll say it again. What do you think is more difficult? What would be more difficult to do? Build a church or build a church building? In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in verse 9, Paul said this to the Corinthians. He said, For we are, we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I laid a foundation and another is building upon it. But let each man be careful how he builds upon it. For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man builds upon the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's uh, work will become evident. For the day will show it, because it is to be revealed by fire. Now, what Paul is talking about, every single thing that you do in your life the works that you do as an act of love and devotion and obedience to Christ, not so you can get to heaven, because we're not saved by works, but it's because He told us to do what we do. He told us how to live the way we live. He's told us how to speak, how we're supposed to speak, how we're supposed to think. Every single thing we do one day is going to be put on full display in front of all creation in heaven, and it's going to be weighed out for everybody to see. Now, that's a scary thought. If you've been doing stuff for the approval of people, if you've been doing something uh, secretly or with uh, hidden motives, it's all going to be revealed, y'all. Everything is going to be looked at. So Paul is literally saying, whether it's on gold, on silver, or maybe it's just on hay or wood, it's all going to be revealed for what it is. And he says in verse 14, If any man's work which he has built upon it remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet as though through fire. So he's talking about, Whatever it is that we have done for the wrong motives, you're not going to get rewarded for it, but it doesn't affect your salvation. What are we building? There's two, <clears throat> two areas I want us to look at today. The first area that we're building, we are building individual lives. Our purpose for being here is to do just that. You know, the Bible says that the first building in the, in the Scriptures that we read it's you and it's me. You're the building. I'm the building. We're all the building. It's not a building that's made up of brick and mortar. It's a building that's made up of flesh and blood. You know, as well as I do, that most people, when they think about the church, what comes to their mind? It's the building. They think what comes to their mind immediately, it's where they meet. And Paul says here, the building, according to God, it's you. You're, you're, you're the church. 
We go to church, we gather in church, and the reason why we go to church is to strengthen, encourage, pray, study, and focus on the Lord. But when we leave this place, think of it this way, the church is gone. When we leave here today and we go, the church has left the building. Isn't that kind of weird when you think of it that way? Because we are the church. We are the church. Um, every single individual. And we have a blueprint. We've got a blueprint on how to do this thing that we call church. You know what it is? It's the life of Christ. We know the specifications for this building. You know what it is? It's the Word of God. It's the Bible. And the most important building of all is you. Seeing individual members grow in their faith should be all of our focus every time we come. This area alone undergirds and supports every single thing that we can ever even think about building on. Now, here's something that is worth writing down in your notes. Only the true inner growth within our membership will determine the success of everything else. Only the true inner growth within our membership will determine the success of everything that happens around us. You know what that means? If you're not growing, and if you're not getting closer to the Lord, it's going to hurt the body. If you don't use it, you will lose it on your body. Am I right? That is why you work out. That is why you exercise. That is why you eat well. That's why you got to get up and move. The same way goes spiritually speaking. If you're not walking in the way in which you should be walking, it will impact not just you, not just your family, but everyone that is around you. This is why people are more important than buildings. And I'm not just referring to the buildings here at Red Baptist Church. I'm talking about those million, billion dollar structures that you see with all the stained glass and, and everything that you'll see and just, just the, the wow factor of how a lot of these church buildings and structures look, you're way, way more, more important to God than those buildings. Buildings were made for people, not the other way around. And then the second, we're not only building individual lives, but we're building families and relationships. Now, this is the one I want us to camp out on right here. We're building families and relationships. You know, the family is ordained by God. I know every single one of us in this room, we know that. Uh, the government and the church is also ordained by God in the Scriptures. The family predates the church and the government. The family and all of our relationships that we have, the Bible says they are regulated by God. Now, there are various levels of family, too. There's your immediate family. There's your extended family. 
there is your church family, and then there is the community that you live in. And our task here at Red Baptist Church is to always be about the strengthening of one another and to motivate each other to grow deeper in our walk with Christ. This is one of the foundational reasons as to why we're even here. Now, this second type of building I want us to look at is the building that is made up of brick and mortar. Our infrastructure here at Red Baptist Church has evolved greatly in these past several years. In fact, seven years to be exact. All of the church buildings here at the property of 13201 Rindon Road is made up of brick, mortar, wood, metal, and depending on where you're looking, it's held together by duct tape. But that is what is composed of our structures here at Red Baptist Church. And it's 105 years old. It's been added on to all throughout the years. Just this week alone, uh, they did some cleaning out in two of our atriums up there at the uh, top of the church. And a church member made the comment, I didn't even know we had that. And I go, I don't even know God knows that we got that. And the thing is, it's out of sight, out of mind. I've heard it suggested, well, why don't we put tables and chairs? And I'm like, to look at AC units and being surrounded by a brick wall, that's, that's like, a, that's a prison, you know. And, uh, but why do we have that? Because throughout all the years that this church has been here, as they have built and added, things have come together and we've got what we've got. When we look at our buildings, there is a reason for every single thing that's been done. There's always a reason. Most of the time, I think there's always been a reason. To say that we've been busy is a gross understatement. And we have endured a lot of highs and some lows throughout the life of this 105-year-old church. But the reason why the church continues on is because the church is made up of God's people, the redeemed, the people of God. That is what the Bible says. That's the way the Bible sees it. Uh, And that's who we are. We are the ones who the Bible says you have been called out. Out of what? Out of the rest of the world. That's why we're here. In an article that was put out by the North American Mission Board entitled Signs of a Dying Church. They listed five different areas that were seen as critical areas that signal the death and the demise for churches. Leading the list was the church buildings. Now, while this is not the only factor, it is a factor. And I think you'll find this interesting. The the writer said this. He said, quote, Every church sends a message through its facilities. Your building may be clean and free of hazards, but if it is decades old in appearance and amenities, every guest, guest will immediately discern that they've stepped into a church that may have become 
disconnected with its culture and time. Outdated decor demonstrates that those in charge, at worst, don't like change, or at best, may have grown satisfied. You know what that means? We've just gotten used to it. The status quo. What it most certainly says is that the church no longer ceases to be current. And I thought that was very interesting, and I agree with that. I feel it's important for us to remember why we're doing what we're doing. So remember that road trip I said I want us to go on? Well, we're going to go on that road trip. Up here on the screen, you're going to see some pictures of what we've been doing in just the last seven years. <clears throat> and this lovely picture right here, now this is funny, but this is true. I'm not saying this just to get a laugh. This is what started every single thing that we have seen in our church, the men's and women's restroom. I remember I made a comment over this beauty that we've had, uh, used to have for a real long time, to the properties committee. If we will rebuild those bathrooms, I have a feeling we can rebuild a big part of our church. <laughs> so weird. But here's what I mean by that. If you're visiting Red Baptist Church, and you had to use the restroom. This right here was the men's restroom. It was at the top of the stairs in the hallway, down when you, uh, you uh, hit the end of the hallway, hang a left, and there was the, uh, the men's restroom. Now, there was only one stall. There was no door on that stall. What were they thinking? And remember, you're new. You don't know where to go to the restroom when you need to go. And so it's already awkward because you don't know anyone when you're here but to go here. And what made it nicer is the fact there's an opening at the bottom of that petition where people can see if they're walking by the hallway. It's the main hallway. And right in front of the no-door stall was a big, giant mirror. I don't know, you can't see it real well, but even that little shelf at the base of the mirror was always bent down. You couldn't put anything on it without having to catch it. So that's when you want to say, and if you're walking down that hallway and you see that door open, all you barely had to do is you could look in, you can see that mirror and amen and welcome to Red Baptist Church, right? But that's, that was the men's restroom. Uh, another shot to show you I'm not lying. Uh, and there's the women's. The women's, uh, those stalls, those were for the very, very skinny people uh, to use. If you remember that lovely beauty. So we got rid of that. And there's another picture of the before. What you're looking at right here is now the modern day men's restroom. It was a nursery room uh, that was designed for are our babies and little ones. What you see is we went in, all that got gutted out, and the bathrooms got moved from where they were to where they are now. At the top of the stairs, when you come in from the west side of our property to where the offices are located, you'll, you'll walk no more than 10 or 15 steps. And if you hang a right, all of that room is opened up now. And what we ended up doing, we moved... All the church offices that were just scattered all throughout the church, all on one wing 
of our church. And all those other rooms, you're going to see what we've done with those. But now, through a lot of renovating, a lot of tearing down, a lot of bringing things back up to more of, a, of what it needs to be, more of a modern look, a professional type of appearance. I put this in here, by the way, because that was before we mounted the giant-length mirror in the women's restroom. Ladies, why do you got to have so many mirrors in the bathrooms? Us guys, we don't need that. We don't need those giant mirrors in the men's restroom. But we put it in there because that's what you want and that's what you got. But maybe that's the reason why we look the way we do, because we don't care about our appearance. There's the women's restroom, the, the new one revised. Right now, this is the old look. You remember that? That's at the, uh, top of the, at the end of the hallway, right outside of the three offices that are now occupied by Tammy, uh, Brandy, and Luann. If you remember, as you're looking into what was Tammy Ricketts, it's, it's Tammy Ricketts' office now, what was it? It was the everything else room at Red Baptist Church. So it was an old kitchen, washer and dryer for the daycare, uh, just a, a lovely room uh, in there. It's just, uh, and now it's, it's been completely redone. You all know what it looks like now. All right, this is where it starts getting a lot more fun. When you walk in from the west side of our church through the offices, we used to have, and it's so good to be able to say used to have, we got to a point where we would refer to it as the maze. Remember the maze? You would walk in, and you wouldn't walk very far, and you'd just hit the wall. And you'd have to jog to the left. And when you jog to the left, you're now walking down the hallway this way, what you're looking at right there, right now, is a very big uh, foyer where the visitor center is located. That is what you're looking at. Uh, to the left, the, the walls, that is the beginning of a choir room that was the size of Texas Stadium. And so we were able to push that back and open that up into Sunday school rooms. At the end of the hallway where you see the pink and the green stripe on the wall, that now is the corner of what is that Adam and Eve mural that you see at the top of the stairs. A little bit of a difference of a change, isn't it? But remember all that? And then as you would round that corner, you could go on out to the fellowship hall. It was never a straight line of sight like it is right now. Right now, we still have the jungle look because we got vacation Bible school coming up, and they did so much work for that walk with Jesus. We've kept it up through uh, VBS. But right now, this is the way it looked. This is that corner as you were making the way down, uh, more hallway work. Oh, and you're going to want to see this. When you would hit the wall, remember the green glow of the hallways? Y'all remember that? It's like, man, what are they growing down there? It's just glowing. Well, remember that right to the right was the little snack bar area. Remember that? Of course, the light wasn't on, but it's not like it did a whole lot of difference anyway. Well, now we see that it's been radically changed. We've added, hey, we got a, we got a window. Wow, who would have thought? Putting a window in a church. Uh, we got a door. 
Uh, the green glow is gone. Those hallways are gone because all of that is gone. This was our hallway as we're looking down towards the end, like we want to come down to the church. Remember the baby blue? The baby blue was throughout the entire church. When I see this picture, I envision two little scary girls at the end of the hallway saying, Red Rum, and I have nightmares. And now, well, it's not a whole lot different, but it's a different color and a carpet. This was the choir room. How many of y'all sung in the choir? How many of y'all remember the days of the choir? That's behind the choir, storage room. They found Jimmy Hoffa's body back there when they renovated. Just lots and lots and lots of extra storage. And now we've moved a lot of these rooms around and we've created three beautiful um, classrooms that can be used for whatever means the teacher wants to use. I just took one picture of just one of those rooms. Remember the children's room. That was now, that is located what is now right behind the visitor center at the top of the stairs. When you come in, that was the chimes room. Okay, remember it was a big chimes room with three offices located behind the chimes room. It says you're walking in. That was an old janitor's closet. More of the closet. Uh, that was uh, Tammy Ricketts' office. <laughs> I'll go on. Uh, what we have right there, oh, Kevin Robertson. That was his old office when Matt came on staff. Uh, that was his office. And the best part, when Michael first came on, because he's not an Aggie, he's a, he's a Texas guy, we put him in there for, for a while. And the fact he never took the A&M trim border at the top down proves he's a secret Aggie fan, all right? And now what we've done is those rooms you saw have now been completely gutted, completely redone, and now we have four beautiful rooms fully loaded with, again, whatever the teacher needs to use. Gone are the days of pushing around a TV on a stand just to be able to watch something. Now, a lot of these rooms are decorated for what we have coming up so you don't see the full picture, but you get the idea. That's another one of the old rooms. One of the old rooms. And now we're in the daycare. The daycare also had that blue look that just the whole, all the walls were just that baby blue color. And I thought you might be interested in wanting to see what we did, some of the ministerial staff, was me and Brandy. I told her one day, I said, you know what, before he comes to paint the murals on those walls, and at that time Brandy was pregnant. She was very pregnant. And Yet she volunteered to help. I said, you know what I'm thinking? If we will tape everything on the floor and on the ceiling all the way down the hallways. So when our painter comes, and he doesn't have to do that because we were paying him to do that. I said, there is a chance he might get so excited he'll give us more bang for the buck. And you know that is exactly what happened. At one time we were supposed to have just nine murals i don't remember the dimensions they weren't real big scattered throughout a blue hallway no that that wouldn't work he got so excited and he made the comment do you mind if i do a what he called a connecting thought throughout the entire hallway 
And we were like, yeah, we're really opposed to that idea. What a dumb idea. No, we're like, yes, you do whatever you want to do. Blow this place up. And he did. Uh, he, that's not a good picture of the Jonah. But now, this hallway that you see right here, this hallway wasn't even there. We added the hallway as another means of getting to the daycare. And that there was the before, and here is the after. Pretty big difference. There's our painter. I wanted to put him in it. Zacchaeus. There he is again. Uh, Jesus and the loaves, in case you haven't been. This is my favorite part of the whole mural. It's a stencil drawing of a little happy fish. And it's kind of dark right here, but uh, it's a very well-known, uh, often talked about uh, mural. I wanted to put this in here just so everyone can see. That's a lot of paint. There was a lot of work for those three weeks he was here doing what he was doing. And there he is. Let's get back to the green glow. The green glow came through because we had what we used to call a stained glass window. But it wasn't a stained glass window, was it, David? It was just green. And that was just one window because one below it was clear because it was busted out. So when they went to refix it, they just fixed it by putting in just a clear glass window. So you'd have this green, clear, green, crack, 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 clear. Well, we got rid of all of that. Remember, it was on both sides going into the auditorium. And now I feel like we can say we really are a church because we have a real stained glass window right now in our church. And we have one pew upstairs in the chapel. So with a pew and a stained glass window, ta-da, we have a church. All right. This is the old, uh, what is now the, 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 the chapel, as many of you remember. Boy, I had a lot of other pictures I wanted to put on that, but because of time, this was the two back side rooms of the chapel. They have been renovated, made to be uh, used now. Lots of storage space. It looks uh, very good. And here is the after. This was Wednesday nights, the, the big thing that Brandy had with our kids. Uh, the pastor's office. The pa all the offices, by the way, have been remodeled in the last seven years. I didn't put any pictures up here because who wants to look at another one of that? But this was the pastor's office, except there were no shelves in there when I got in there because they had been thrown out. Um, you see, that was uh, the bathroom. There is no bathroom in there anymore. Pastors can use the same bathrooms as everybody else, I think. And when you go in, it's now no longer green and has three different colors of carpet. Uh, it is now a lot more open. It's a lot more bright as the pastor now and the pastors yet to come in our future. When they're sitting and they're talking with people uh, who are needing encouragement, want to pray in their meetings, Red Baptist Church can now provide more of a professional meeting place. Remember our signage? Boy, that looks lovely. And that's what we had for the longest time. Well, we've gone from that to this. Because as people are driving by, they don't need to see this. It's nice for them to see who we are. This is the children's restroom in the daycare. Doesn't look very much like a children's restroom. Constantly had problems, and it got remodeled to what we have right there as well. This right here is this downstairs men's restroom. Ladies, I don't expect for you to know what that looks like. 
But that was when they were putting in our sump pump because I don't know if you know it or not, but we have a bit of a water leak problem in our church. Um, and we have fixed all of that. If you remember just a couple weeks ago, this wall over here was opened up because we had all these leaks. We have fixed all those leaks. Praise God for that. But the men's restroom, that was the floor in the corner of the men's restroom. And now, the after, before all the essential equipment and two weird, crazy people in suits looking happy in a bathroom. There we go. I thought I had one. All right. And then, as we wind this up, we get to, you remember, this is recent, the Fellowship Hall. An old picture of the Fellowship Hall and all that we've done uh, with that work. There's the restroom of the Fellowship Hall. It was in dire straits. And there is the entranceway. And that's why that to me was so important because as par parents drop off their kids and they're cutting from one building to the other, the gym, they were walking through what was there. And now as they walk through, they see something a lot more professional. And then the recent uh, work going on right now is the big room upstairs a few weeks back, I think maybe a month or so, two months, time eludes me, some of the men got together and was working on the wall, tearing out the wall, opening up the wall. Um, oh, and when they opened up the wall, they, they found this creature inside the wall. If you notice, his head is located around his abdomen. It was, it was really disgusting. Well, they, they killed it. They got rid of it. And so they added the chairs, and probably within the next two weeks, we'll have a new floor. And all of this is going to be for the kids, updating everything for the children. Now, as you can see, we have come a long way. Um, and I'm going to say this before, and I'm going to say it again. All that has happened is nothing short of a total God thing. It's just only God can do all that we have seen and all that we have experienced. And while he receives all the praise, I'm going to also acknowledge another thing, and that is he didn't do it by himself. He did it through the obedience of his church. He did it through those who also felt the need. We need to offer more than what we're offering right now. We need to leave this better than we found it. And before you would think, no, it's just a building, what's the big deal? Well, what does God's word have to say regarding God's house? You'll see three scriptures up on the screen. Haggai 1.4, I should have put this in your bulletin because it's the best verse of all three, but I left it out. Then the word of the Lord came through Haggai the prophet saying, Is it a time for you yourselves to live in your paneled houses while this house, that's God's temple, lies in ruins? Now this is what the Lord of hosts says. Think carefully about your ways. Or how about Nehemiah 2.17 that says, Then I said to them, You see the bad situation we are in? Let us arise and rebuild. Or in Nehemiah 13.11. So I reprimanded the officials and I told them, Why is the house of God forsaken? Then I gathered them together and restored them to their post. You know, the truth is, every single one of us, at some point, we're going to take on a project at our own homes to renovate, to bring about a home improvement project. 
we will either renovate to repair or we will renovate to upgrade. But every single one of us will do it. And God's house is no different. And from looking at just some of the pictures that we've already looked at, we're reminded that in order to affect uh, and make a worthwhile impression on those who visit Rada Baptist Church, many of these projects were long, long overdue. Yet we have met the challenges, and with God's help and the obedience of His people uh, who love this church, we have accomplished much not only for the present day, but for the future of Redham. So let me ask you this question. Whose glory are we seeking? What are the reasons for making these changes? What do we hope to accomplish by making these changes? I mean, at the end of the day, does it really matter? I remember the day after, the first day after the fellowship hall was open. I came up here, and as I came up, there was a guy trying to get in to cut through to go to the, the gym. And the door was locked. He had a little girl with him. And I remember, I just walked up right behind him, and I saw him start to veer off, and I said, uh, well, if the door's locked, let me fix this. I said, if the door's locked, I can't open it. I got a key. So he just stood there, and as I unlocked the doors, I opened the door, and he went in. I walked in right behind him. He took about four or five steps, and he wasn't even walking. He was just standing there, and he was looking. And he said, wow, this is certainly a change. And I spoke up, and I said, I said yeah, I think they really like their church. And he sat there, and he goes, uh, it's a whole lot better looking than it was. And I said, well, I, I go to church here. I said, I can tell you, they're really working at wanting to show everyone that we're not condemned, but we really are open for business. And he sat there, and he goes, well, they love their business, as he kept on walking with his little girl. I just remember that. I just, what I remember mostly is what I'm used to and what you're used to it's a big impact to those. They're not used to this. It speaks in very loud volumes to them. Just like you, I take a lot of pride in what I've got. Everything that we have is because of the grace and mercy of God. There's just no other way to look at it. Our health, our knowledge, your income, your abilities, your gifts... Every single thing about you, it's all from Him. And He wants us to use what we have to impact others. How much so? Look at the verse on the screen. The question is asked, what will you do with what you have been given? Luke twelve forty eight says, From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. You know, even in James chapter 3, James says, Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such we shall incur a stricter judgment. It comes back to where much is given, much is required. And whatever ways you have been blessed, 
Always remember, be a blessing to others. You can never, ever outgive God. Chris Lewis, in his article, Reviving a Dying Church, had this to say, quote, Room size and cleanliness matter, especially to the unchurched. People notice everything. Smelly bathrooms, dirty trash cans, lack of signage. We're working on that. Look, uh, we'll get back to you in October. That's going to be an easy, awesome, nice look outside. Um, uncomfortable seating. All these things, they matter especially when you're trying to reach people who don't go to church. So we try to regularly look at our facilities, our signage, and our room setup like it's our first time. We give our rooms the smell test. If it smells like animal crackers and dirty diapers, we need to do something. Obviously, now this is the best part right here, right here. Obviously, Revitalization is more than room size and name changes. It's prayer. It's fasting. It's preaching. It's teaching. It's shepherding. But it's also systems, structures, programs, and facilities. It's not either or, but both and. Boy, on that, that is amen and amen on that point. I could not agree with that position anymore. And so as I wind this down, I want to say this. Before we finish the two rooms that's out there in the fellowship hall, basically completing all of these building upgrades that we've been needing to do for a, a very long time, and that will pretty much wrap up everything. Well, it'll be normal again, and I'm ready for normal. We have an opportunity to finally fix something, and not just fix something, but create something that I believe is going to be a huge game changer, especially with our ladies and with our middle-aged adults in regards to outreach and fellowship by using our church as a way of bringing people to where we are here at 13201 Rendon Road. Before we address the fellowship hall, and that's on down the road, I'm excited to announce that the properties committee has voted and recommended to address the renovation and the creation of four different areas within our reach. In fact, one of them is very close to us. First is going to be the establishment of a sand volleyball court that will be used as a source of outreach and bringing people to the church for functions and activities. Now think about it. All of the young adults, Sunday school classes, middle-aged adults, obviously youth, college, will be able to bring all their friends to an event outside the church and come up and they can play day or night. It's going to be right outside this hall, uh, this wall, out there in the grass. Remember when we had that double wide, that dilapidated double wide that was removed years ago? That's going to be where it's going to be dropped. And when I said you could play day or night, it's because we're going to wrap it around with lights. It's going to light up the whole area. 
In fact, it probably will light up a big part of the daycare playground, which is the reason why the court would go right out here because if they come up and if they have children and they are wanting to play with their friends, they can put their children in an enclosed playground area and not have to worry about anything. It's just going to be really, really, really convenient and easy. Just an all-around fun place to bring family and friends together where we can begin to build relationships. That second point in your bulletin that we looked at earlier. And basically to draw their friends here. What an opportunity. Now also, we're going to drop a gaga pit. Now, I can assure you, most of you, you're like, I, what in the heck is a gaga pit? Well, ask your little ch- child because they know what it is. All elementary schools, camps, everyone everywhere around is putting gaga pits in. I don't see, I don't even see how you can have fun in a gaga pit. But you go to any camp at any time and you will see no less than 20, 30, 40 people inside people kids in a gaga pit and van yeah right preteen last year jake heiss uh i know he's been off his school forever he's like 20 feet tall and uh, just crazy uh youth remember years okay you remember we never found jake down at the cabin where he should be and every time we couldn't find him, we had to send out a counselor to go find him. Where was he? In the Gaga pit, owning every kid at camp uh, playing in the Gaga pit. But the Gaga pit will also be dropped right out here as well. Again, right next to where mom and dad will be at, uh, right next to the playground. And if you're a member of Red Baptist Church and you wanted to come up at night and you have some friends, you'll have access to the code to punch in that will turn on the lights You're just going to want to make sure that you punch in that code when you leave. Um, And then the the third thing that we're going to uh, be looking at is this women's downstairs restroom right over here. Yes, I've been in them, but not in open operating hours of Red Baptist Church. Uh, If you are a guest here today, we want to apologize if you went in that chamber of horrors Uh, That is not something we are proud of, but that is something that is going to get done. And fourth, not that it's exciting because it's not, they will put in a sump pump in that restroom as well. Why? Even when we leave here in just a few minutes, when you go out this door at the base of these stairs, you're going to see a towel that Julie put down there to soak up water. Apparently, we seem to be on some kind of a spring, It's just our luck. I cannot tell you the amount of time and work that we have done trying to find out where all the water comes in at. Well, we used to have it really bad in the men's restroom, so bad it became a cave. And so we had to do that, and we uh, fixed that and renovated that about four years ago or whenever that was. Now we're going to get the women's, and we're going to put that pump in over there. No more, no more of this water problem and damage. We can keep on putting Band-Aids on this stuff, but at some point, when is enough enough? To me, every single Sunday when I go to church, I'm looking at everything. You know what I remember? My last pastor at my last church, he was a really big guy, uh, big as in like an idol. He was just awesome. 
remember I got to church one day, and it was early, uh, and I didn't want to get out and go on in, so I was just sitting there, and I saw Brother Miles. He had been there for about like 30 years, just an awesome preacher, awesome godly man. He was walking, and he's carrying his Bible, and he had like a little notebook with him, and he's just walking along in suit and tie. And as he walked right by this little tiny flower bed, which was right pretty close in front of the door, he walked by, he's looking at it, he stopped, and he came back. And I remember he set his Bible down, and he picked up a few things out of that flower bed. And then I saw him pick a couple of things up. I was on the parking lot, and then he walked over and he dropped everything in this trash, tall trash can that sat outside that door. He walked back, got his Bible, and he went in. I cannot tell you why I remember that. It's so insignificant. It means nothing. But to this day, I still remember it. And the reason I think the why, and I've thought about this all week long, because I knew I'd bring that up about Brother Miles. I think the thing that stands out the most to me is he took such pride in the way everything looks so that the moment people can get inside the house, they get to run into all the church people, which just seals the deal. I believe right now, by upgrading and making these changes as a means of drawing people to us, and once they get here, they're not going to have to go anywhere where they're going to be embarrassed or shamed because of the conditions of the way things are. And then all the people can just love on them, get to know them, meet them, encourage them. It just seals the deal. It just seals the deal. And you know what it does for our future? For those that will be here? We leave things better than we found it. We can turn that blind eye, but who wants to do that? Let's fix, repair, and let's go. And so you're going to even see in the bulletin, down here at the front tomorrow, excuse me, next Sunday, you'll probably will see the sign of where we are uh, with the cost. I think the total amount total on all these things is 68000 and it's not even that now. I won't mention her name, but one of our members came up to me just last week and made the comment, and by the way, this is way cheaper than what we've been doing in all these other areas. She came up and she said, is it true that we're going to build a, a volleyball court to reach young people? And I said, yeah, we're going to do that at, at yeah, that, that's going to happen. I don't know when we're going to roll it out, but it's going to be soon. And she's such a believer in something like that happening they came into a little bit of income, and she said, we just want to basically throw it at that. So that was $10,000. And, you know, when I get in positions like stuff like that, I'm not the best person when it comes to money. I don't even like talking about money ever. But when I see that, you want to talk about being humbled. Now, I am way much more put together to go out and help, to support behind scenes stuff that's where i'm comfortable at but to see people like that or when we did our last thing in the fellowship hall a senior adult man in our church who does not have all the money in the world came up and just finished off the last four thousand dollars these are people that i mean they're giving out of their out of their needs not out of their wants that is humbling 
It's just like the, the lady when Jesus are put two little coins in the offering at the temple. She gave out of what she had, not money just to splurge. Those are humbling times. I have found that the more we realize what God has done for us, the more we're going to love him back. Just like Jesus said, he who has been forgiven much will love much. Because he, he knows. He knows. My prayer is this. I want all of us to be in prayer about these last minute things before we get over there and finish that and be done with everything. Be in prayer about all that's happening. Pray on how you can help um, above your tithe and making these needs. And eventually we'll get it done because we're not in debt. We don't owe a $1 loan to anything, and that's to God's glory. And we never will. We'll just simply build when everything comes in. But let's be in prayer. Let's get it done. And let's do what we can to impact the lives of people that we're trying to reach here at Retta Baptist Church. So on that note, let me ask you, in your life, what are you building up in your life right now? Now, as the worship team comes on up, and before we pray, I just want you to know, I want to be a little bit more clear on, on our altar call. After we pray, uh, the praise team is just going to start leading our hymn of invitation. And it's at that time, if you are here and you are feeling led of God to want to, you need to pray, there will be people at the ends of both of these aisles ready to, to meet you and, and, and greet you at that point. Uh, feel free <clears throat> to get up at that time and go pray with them. You can come down here, you can pray with me, you can pray with Ben, you can pray with Josh. If you are here today and you don't have a church home, but you're looking for a place where you want to hang your hat and be a member, then you come on down here and you see one of us three, and we would love to talk to you about what it means to be a member of our church. We'll present you before the church, just get your information, and then call you during the week and let you know what the next step will be. But we would love to have you a part of the team here at Red Baptist Church. But whatever God is doing in your life, talk to him about it right where you're at during this hymn of invitation. Let's pray. Father, we just want to come before you. And God, we want to thank you for this day. And God, this one day we have seen years and years and years of different looks, different times and, and periods in the life of our church here at Retta. And God, we are, we are blessed and we are thankful to be able to have a part in changing these things for our future. But God, a building alone is not going to draw people. That's where we come in. Our building, our temple, our bodies, God, we need to be walking with you. I pray, God, that just as people won't see a broken down building when they come, when they see us, they won't see a broken down life. I pray, God, that we'll remember that. Lord, I pray and ask today that you would just move within us. God, that you would help us to remember that every single one of us, every one of us in this room, we play a huge part in reaching and impacting other people for you. And I pray, God, that you would help us to fine-tune all that we do in doing that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.